Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. We had the, this crew go up to Darwin recently, about two weeks ago. They just come back, led by uh, Richelli, who we've um, uh, in recent times assigned her the role. Uh, she's my PA, but also assigned her the role uh, of our Australian Missions Director. And we've got um, Mike Hosking uh, for overseas. Just in the background, we are planning an African trip um, earmarked for September slash October. Uh, nothing uh, concrete yet, but we're, we're almost there. If, uh, if we put the interest out now, Africa, September, is anyone interested in the house? Okay, great. We've got a few. So we'll, we'll probably run an info session soon. We're going to hand it over to Richelle to uh, share some testimonies. Testing, testing. Okay. Thanks, Pastor Alex. Okay. Hi, Fire family. Having fun? Yay. Well, behind me is the incredible Darwin mission team that have just returned. And it was such a blessing to witness them um, as missionaries going out there in the name of Jesus Christ and just connecting with brothers and sisters. Um, he moved mightily and used us for healings, deliverances, salvations and one of the really special things was to see some really beautiful, I'm sure, lifetime friendships created through the connections we made. Um, I also wanted to thank them because the unity, love and support in this team was off the charts and did such an honour for um, Fire Church itself, but also for God when we went out there in the mission field and the way he used us. So I just wanted to thank these beautiful um, people. They're now going to take turns in. Um, Kat, if you could put up the next photo. There we go. So I'll hand it over to Vicky. They're all going to share a highlight of the trip. So enjoy. Uh, that's a photo that I don't normally like photos. And in our family, I don't get photos taken of me. But that is joy right there. This is, um, this is my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And that's me feeling it. I felt it and it was amazing. Such a privilege, you know, I've worked with um, the broken all my life, but so, you know, sometimes you can go and, and you know, you, ex you know what you're expecting, you know what you're walking into. But I think it was about, that, by that time, by that day, God has re-broken my heart again. So it was pretty special. What I saw was a most beautiful ministry model that loves people first and then brings them close to Jesus with his signs, his miracles and his wonders. You know, remember what Jesus says in his word, that these signs shall follow them that believe. Yeah. And that's what we saw. And I love to encourage when I pray people to hear for themselves from heaven. It's called an empowerment model, right? So, of course, we can do it. But when we teach them how to do it, isn't that better? So one testimony, and I said to this woman, um, let's see if you can see a box in front of you. And, she, and it took a while, and then she said, yes, I can see a brown box. Can you put your fear and your worry and your anxiety in the box? Yes, she said, I can. Can I, you give it to Jesus? 
Yes, I can. And what does he want to give you in exchange? And with tears in her eyes, she said, he's giving me healing power. And then she said, I can feel him healing my shoulder. Whoa! So, um, and she also saw a golden crown, a golden helmet surrounding one of her children that we prayed for. So, praise Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Vicky. Thank you. Next photo, Kat, please. Okay, this, this is beautiful, Carmen. Um, this trip was life-changing for me. And... I didn't know before I left that... I knew, I felt the Lord say it's going to be life-changing. I didn't know what that meant. But I had senses of what it maybe meant. And um, so when I went up there, I kept getting these words. um, This trip is more about you, Carmen, and the team. Well, it, it was as much about us and what God was going to do transformationally through us personally as it was for the Indigenous people that he sent us to. I don't know whether that makes sense. So in other words, we were more blessed than they were. Um, And it was an eye-opener, what we saw, the things we experienced, but the love that our Indigenous brothers and sisters had back for us undid me, changed my life. Um... I also loved the deep relationships that I got to experience with my brothers and sisters. That, that has changed me. Getting to know each other on another level. Like, I didn't even really know Kat. I knew Kat to look at. I didn't really know Vicky. I, I, I knew Vicky and I knew Alan, for example, but I didn't get to... I hadn't got to know them. But when you're like six of us in a dorm (laughs) with a very small room, not that we were in their dorm, but I'm just saying it was little and it was confined and you got to know people really well, okay? It was also very hot. It was extremely hot. I was continually sweating. I had trouble for two days with a headache because it was, the weather was nothing like this. So there were differences, you know, things like having a shower if you could get in there <laughs> once a day and you over two showers and there were probably about, I don't know how many, over 20 ladies. But I'm not saying that to discourage anyone. I'm actually saying that to illustrate what missions is about. It wasn't about how many times I got to have a shower. I was really uncomfortable, right? Don't worry, I wore deodorant and everything like that. But it was more about, God, what does it mean for me to live for you and go wherever you will send me? Um, I just want to say one last thing. Paula and Anthony and the children, Jesse and Joel, also changed my life. They have experienced and heard the Lord give them a nudge in a certain direction. And they probably didn't ask him or they didn't fast for 25 days. They didn't necessarily wait for six months. They did it. Like Pastor Alex said this morning, 
we can't just hear the word, we need to be doers of the word. And they have gone out on a shoestring budget and they are doing something with the little that they have. They are transforming lives. And that was a blessing to me. So to encourage myself, my brothers and sisters, all of us, if God has given you something, don't be shy. Trust him, whatever it is, if it's your neighbour, if it's homelessness is on your heart. It doesn't mean having to go to Darwin. It doesn't mean having to go to Africa. It could mean that. But what if it doesn't mean that? We each have something that he's put into us. So I've come home a totally different woman because I'm like, God, what do you want from me? I'm ready to do it because I've seen by Paula and Anthony and their two amazing sons who are the team mainly, that anything can be done. Many many people's lives, everyone in Darwin, all the Indigenous we went to know about Paula and Anthony and Joel and Jesse and Phoebe. That's amazing. So I just want to encourage you guys, go for whatever God has put in your heart. Take that small seed and plant it. And let's see as a local community of brothers and sisters what he will do. Amen. Thanks, Carmen. Beautiful. I even saw, um, witnessed Carmen's worship go to a whole new level just because she was so struck by the Holy Spirit and so open and hungry and thirsty for more of him that... It was incredible to see how you grew during that trip. Yeah, thanks, Carmen. And now it's Alan. And just to clarify, no, I was not in the same dorm as the um, other six women. (laughs) There was only one woman in my dorm. My wife. It was my wife, yes. Matthew 25, verse 40. Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And the, uh, and the Nessie's Bible says, um, to those who are overlooked or ignored, I had a chance and a privilege to sit down on a bench seat with these two um, gentlemen. And the Aboriginal boy, uh, you can see on the left of the screen, his name is Nick. Probably uh, late 30s, um, he just overtaken by alcoholism, which he was very sorrowful for. Eyes were very yellow and his skin, even though he's very dark, his skin was very yellow as well. So he was hanging off for liver surgery on the Tuesday. But we had a chance to talk and uh, he lost his mum to tongue cancer. Uh, so we had a bit of a connection there. I, I guess many know I've been through that journey myself for just over 16 years. But, you know, we were able to connect, we were able to pray, and, and to bless him. And they have such an affinity for, for God and for Jesus. Uh, missionaries of the last 150 so years have, have spoken to them a lot about God and Jesus, and they understand, uh, particularly Jesus. One, one person said that... Um, they really associate with Jesus because he was a, a nomadic tribesman from the land, very similar to us, and that's how they understand him. So they know Jesus didn't have a home, he had land, but he moved around. 
And the other gentleman that's um, on the right of the screen there, he, he's an Australian guy, but just hard, hard on his luck. He lost his wife, uh, well, she left him and his family, but again, it's, it's alcohol that, that's wrecked his life. And uh, one thing he loved doing, though, was word puzzles. He had a few magazines there, and every, every, uh, every week he goes to the local Woolworths and buy the last word magazine and do word games that. And I said, hey, have a look at this on the phone. So I pulled out Wordle. And um, does, if you know that game, it's a, it's a five-day game. And you just go through, and we sat there for just two, a couple of hours, and the Aboriginal boy, Nick, as well, joined in. And we just, we just went through that. And it's like... Um, just a time of connection to be able to talk about his life and, and what's happening and just and just build that relationship for him to um, yeah, maybe come to a point where he knows Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. Uh, as Carmen said, you know, um, mission is about touching people's lives when you go out, but it certainly changes lives on the inside. It changes us forever. Thanks, Alan. Um, who's it? Was this? Oh, this was Joe's photo. Um, Joe and Oscar send their apologies. Joe and Oscar. <laughs> Joe and Andrew Oscar send their apologies tonight. They weren't able to be here, but they were incredible on this mission trip. And um, Julianne, the lady in the middle with the blue T-shirt, she was just absolutely instrumental in the um, Aboriginal, the Indigenous community about raising up leaders, spreading the gospel and encouraging um, families to just come and learn of the, the love that we get as a community um, just who are on fire for Jesus and she's been just bringing so many to the Lord but also discipling them and we can't wait till the next chance to go up there and see what she's been able to do. So um, can we move to the next one, Kat, please? Yeah. So who was this? This is Beth's. <laughs> Beth. Yay. All right. The minute I saw these kids, I couldn't, you know, I had to take my phone, simple good old-fashioned pen and paper, no technology, white skin, black skin, we all have red blood. And, yeah, it's so simple. And the little one who lost the sole of his shoes to stand there, doesn't matter, simple as. And <laughs> it's okay. What did you see God do, Beth? <laughs> Just go and do it, guys. Just go and do it. It's, I don't handle the heat. The minute I'd walk out down in the airport, I told Kat, it's only for Jesus. <laughs> I keep telling her, it's only for Jesus. And I survived. Didn't want to close the tap after a shower because you know you're going to be sweating. But... No, I'm blessed I had at least one shower and it's all right. It's only for Jesus and go. I'm going to change your life and the friendship. Yes. Come on, guys. Do it next time. 
can I just say, this woman was incredible. Yes. Okay. She was just amazing in her in her ways. Um, she was my roomie, <laughs> and we had some really um, good laughs together. We cried together. We just stepped out in faith together. So, bless you. You are amazing. Thank you. And I second that by sharing that Beth is a new Christian. So any fear that you may be holding on to, thinking this is not for you, who are you, I can't do this, I don't have what it takes, you don't need what it takes because he does it. So just say yes and go. And all, the, all these incredible brothers and sisters, they just let him lead them. And they were able to change lives in front of our eyes just because they said yes to him and he used them as instruments for his kingdom, for his glory. Yeah. And this one, who's this? Is this so this picture, um, the lady that I'm sitting next to, she, I got to witness to her for two days in a row. So the first night that I spoke with her, um, we had a movie night out in the park and she was just telling me some incredible stories about her life, um, the way she came to know Jesus. She had been water baptised in a different um, community but she was having a lot of struggles and, um, I, and she was telling me about her family. So I said to her, and that's her cousin next to her and the night before she had said to me... Um, that her cousin was struggling with some really deep um, issues. And I said to her, bring her along the next night because we're going to be here in the same place, same time, and um, we'll be able to pray for her. And, and she said, yeah, yeah, I'll come along. And I was praying and praying that night that I'd be able to see her again. And thank God she did bring her back and I got to pray with her. And she had a pain in her back that she hadn't been able to sleep for um, a really long time. And I started praying for her and it started pouring down. <laughs> and we were standing there in the rain and I just kept praying for her. And we tested the pain. She said, oh, it's still there. And I said, tell me exactly where the pain is. So I laid hands on her. Second time, yeah, the pain's getting better. It took four times. But we kept pressing in and she said, I feel so good. So we saw God move in so many ways. Um, and that was probably the third person I prayed for for back pain. <laughs> so anyone who's got back pain, um, happy to pray for you. Um, <laughs> but this mission trip was amazing. Um, I was probably like, the last one to jump on board. It was a last-minute thing for me. And, and I think it was Pat Steele who said, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And so for me, this was such a big experience, mind-blowing experience, totally took me out of my comfort zone <laughs> completely. Um, like Carmen said, it was just so hot, humidity, like, just hit you. Um, like never before, 
I didn't know sweat till I <laughs> went to Darwin. Um, but just amazing, amazing team to be with. We growed in so many areas. Um, but it was just amazing. Um, the thing is, if we say that Christ lives in our hearts, like we carry the kingdom of heaven everywhere we go. So there's nothing to fear in that. And there were times that um, we were placed in a situation where um, it seemed a little bit like completely out of our comfort zone. But as we prayed and pressed in, we knew that Jesus was walking with us and we had nothing to fear. And we saw, we saw so many miracles. Um, and the other thing is, by giving your yes, you begin to see things move in ways that you will never like, imagine. When I gave my yes into this mission trip, little did I know that stuff was happening back here at home. And so my, even with my kids, so they would send me messages, hey, mum, this is happening. And it's, it's mind-blowing because the minute you give your yes, things will start to move in all areas of your life. So, and just one last thing. Um, back in 2021, early 2021, the Lord gave me this verse and I had no idea what this meant for me. But Isaiah 55.5, surely you shall call a nation you do not know. I had no idea what Darwin was about. I'd never been there. And nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. And now I know what that means. Because he took me to a place, an unknown place, but he was doing a mighty work in me, in my family, but all of us too. And so I encourage you, go out, go on mission trips. Even if you're scared, just do it. Thank you. Yay. Thanks, Kat. Hang on a sec, Kat. How, how long was it um, before we went that you just felt you were meant to be there? Just to encourage those so that you, you don't need months or years of the Lord pressing on you to go and do mission. The Indigenous community was in my heart for about eight years ago. But it was more on an education level um, because I work in early childhood. But, um, yeah, I wanted to be, like, working with the children. But when I found out about this mission, my heart skipped a beat. And Darwin has a piece of my heart. Like, literally, it took me a week and a half to really come back to ground <laughs> and back into life because... I just couldn't um, take on board everything that happened there, like everything that we experienced. It was just amazing. It was, um, like I said, out of my comfort zone in so many different ways, but yet in my comfort zone. <laughs> so it was just, yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Kat. Thanks. What? Oh, Nigel. Um, so, yeah, I was um, in this park area, uh, it's Palmerston, isn't it, where they run church on a Sunday morning and you probably saw some of the other photos. There could be 100 people in the line waiting for food, so I was pretty tired 
And I just sort of like sat away from everybody for a little while just to take a breath or two. And I said to God, if there's anybody else here that needs prayer, can you highlight that person to me now? And two minutes later, this guy here, uh, Michael, his name is, he's 19, he's from Armand Land. He comes around the back of the food line as if to say, you know, maybe there's some food left, I'll, you know, might get someone. I went, God, that's him, isn't it? I need to go and speak to that guy. So I walked straight up to him, didn't make any sort of like, <laughs> didn't deviate, just went straight to him and I said, are you hungry? He said, yes. He goes, but I actually came for a blessing. And I went, ah, so God did point this guy out to me. It wasn't a, a guess, it wasn't a mistake whatsoever. So I said, you grab something to eat, I'll come and pray with you. And uh, so we went and sat underneath that big water tower at the back. That's a huge water tower. You can see that from about... 200 metres away, um, it's right above the shopping centre area and um, I sat with him for about half an hour, he told me his whole story of his family, his mum's an alcoholic and a drug addict and he said I have three aunties that are Christians and I said well you get together with your three aunties and pray for your mum and her life will be changed for sure, the, the power of prayer is amazing and um, he told me about the, the family as well, they have a a property in Arnhem Land which has a tree and the tree has a hole in the bottom of it where fresh water runs out the bottom of the tree and um, which is drinkable water and um, he said that's like a symbol for their family and that's sort of like a good thing for them to have a healthy sign on their land but actually King Charles came over um, one of the first things he actually did was to go and see that tree of life in Arnhem Land so yeah they're pretty breast blessed family but yeah he just really wanted prayer for his mum I think he really came forward for that but he said he is a Christian and I said well it's hard to be a Christian on your own I said go and see Paula and make contact with her and churches on here every week on a Sunday you can come and join in with them and they do Bible study on a Thursday night and he said yeah I'll be a part of all of that so yeah for a 19 year old boy to come on his own he felt that he was actually drawn to that area. He wasn't actually going there. He was going to catch a bus. So, um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I had a really good day that day just because I felt like I did something positive. <laughs> but one other thing that really uh, was a highlight of the tour was um, we went to Darwin Hospital one day and uh, Kat and um, Beth dragged along with me in one of the old... Um, Land Cruisers, and uh, when we got there, they went, oh, what do we do? And I said, well, as far as I know, you just get down to their <laughs> eye level and you, um, you talk with the people at the bus stop and you encourage them to uh, come to church or, or to you know, ask for prayer. And uh, a few minutes later, they're working their way along the whole bus line of people in the, in the hospital, and they actually borrowed my book off me with my pen and they took down phone numbers and names and places where they could be picked up and those ladies came to church, didn't they, yeah. on the Sunday. So, yeah, I didn't need to teach them anything. They had everything they needed. God was just uh, leading our steps wherever we went. And, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of this whole team. They all put together. They all stayed within their... Um, their giftings and they actually worked really well with the Indigenous people even though most of them haven't done it before. So yeah, get out and have a go guys. Thanks Brian. Thanks. This is my photo just quickly. Thanks Pastor Alex. Uh, 
this was a highlight for me because we'd actually, I don't know if you can see what's on the screen, but um, we took a big screen and a projector to show them The Chosen, um, one of the episodes, and they absolutely loved it. But the thing for me about this particular night is that we had had the blessing of a, a teaching that day from um, Pop, Frank Clancy. And he said, empty bellies have no ears. And it really hit me this particular night because as the team set out all the food and the people were lining up to come and be fed, there was a little bit of um, dis-ease and un unsettled um, crowd. But as they ate and they sat down to prepare to watch, um, watch The Chosen, they were being led by an Indigenous worship team and all singing from their hearts once they'd eaten, which was just amazing. But um, they also, we, we saw healings, deliverances, we had salvations and a lot of the kids were put at ease from some of the... Um, traditional stories that were happening at the time from um, their community but it was just amazing to see this um, beautiful group of people come together and just welcome us into their home and we all became one just because of him so I just I just wanted to um, thank this incredible team if you could put your hands together really for their yes for him um, and I just wanted to thank Pastor Alex and Pastor Jess for their incredible leadership and the um, just believing in the the yes to fire missions. It's just been an absolute honour to um, be with this team and I wanted to thank you guys for your prayers, which we needed and we felt them. So thank you very much. Um, and also to Paula, Anthony and Jen from YMCA, Paula and Anthony from the Meeting Place Church. They... Hey... YWAM. Oh, it is. It's YWAM. Whoops. Sorry, Jen, if you're watching online. YWAM. Jen from YWAM and Paula and Anthony from the Meeting Place Church. It was incredible to be under their leadership and learn from them and the top quality um, mission teachers that they had for us. So God bless, guys. The Great Commission, it's for all of us. It's not a maybe, it's a yes, go. So good. Hold on to the microphone. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to remain here, uh, and then we're going to go down on the floor soon and pray for everyone. I sense from uh, the Lord, um, we're going to turn this into an anointing service tonight. You see, the Bible talks about the anointing that breaks the yoke, and um, I, I sense that there was a great word at the ACC National Conference where it was pastors in our movement, and, and I thank God we're actually part of the Australian Christian Churches where you know you're in a healthy place when they talk about the full counsel of God. They're not afraid from a national level, uh, from the executive leaders, that you're actually hearing about demonic deliverances. You know, we're not here to play church and play it safe. It's like, okay, good. So we've been doing this for the last couple of years, and now they're talking about it from the top, which is amazing. Going back to our roots, biblical roots, as the early church was, and what they saw in the early church was actually... Um, unclean spirits being dealt with. In fact, there's a common um, misunderstanding about the word demon possession. That term is actually not used in the New Testament when you look at the original language. In fact, the original language uh, which the New Testament was written in, Greek, ancient Greek, to reach its widest audience, Greek-speaking people, the word diamonosomai, and Ekin 
Monion, you can forgive me because I'm obviously not Greek, um, means, and it's derived from the word, uh, the word demonization. It does mean ownership. Demon possession is not a term, but in, in the English, it's loosely translated to that. It, it does not mean ownership. Because theologically speaking as well, the Bible says in Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and those who live in it. The, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and those who live in it. Who's those who live in it? It's us, you and me. So the, the enemy doesn't own anything or anyone, but what tends to happen is when we open up doors to the uh, demonic realm in ways through sin, bitterness, unforgiveness, undealt issues with anger, what can happen is demons can come in. Now you ask yourself, can a Christian be demon-possessed? Now let's change that definition. They're not being owned by the devil, but rather influenced by the devil. Yes. Jesus said, be careful when a house is emptied, that unclean spirit goes to dry, arid places and it looks for seven other friends and it will look to return to that house and leave its condition worse than what it was previously. And so we can go about life as a Christian, but if we're not careful, if we don't deal with issues, perhaps it's a sin-related issue or it's unforgiveness, bitterness, rage and all those things, what we tend to do is leave a window open, a door open, for unclean spirits to come in, not to own you, but to leave a mess in your house. To leave your table upside down, carpet torn apart. It, it, it's not a pretty sight. And so what tends to happen as well is with these unclean spirits, unclean spirits, it can also be linked to sicknesses and diseases. Now, let's be careful. Not every sickness or every disease is spirit-related. But there is a reason why Jesus talked in Matthew 10, verse 1, in this progressive order. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power, everyone say power, power. over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses, and all kinds of disease. It's both, uh, how do I say it? It's both progressive and also can be separate. That your sickness and your disease can sometimes be linked to an unclean spirit. What's another proof of this? Jesus healed a paralytic man when he said to him, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now get up and walk. Sometimes we bring upon us Sicknesses, diseases, tormenting thoughts, and we don't realize it's actually, we've opened up the doors to unclean spirits. So you're not owned by the devil. You're not, you're not, um, you're a child of God. Ownership only belongs to God, but uh, if we're not careful, we can be influenced by the devil. It can, you can be influenced to the point that you're thrown off your own assignment. So what I sense to do tonight is to anoint everyone in the room for two purposes. It's to offer protection. In the Bible, when you look at how and why lambs were anointed with oil, 
they were slathered with oil all over their heads, their eyes, their ears, their nose, their mouths, so that these little flies and bugs couldn't get in and, and wreak havoc through infection, through disease. Anointing, number one, provides protection. And then anointing gives power. The Bible says the anointing that breaks the yoke. Jesus gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. It says this further in verse 7. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received now freely give. The anointing is free. The anointing is available, but it's up to you if you're wanting it. And so we receive this by faith. And as we pray with you tonight and over you with oil, if you receive it by faith, it's not just an oily head you walk home with tonight. It's more than just an oily head on your, on your head here, on your forehead. It's power. Power to set you free, power to heal your, your sick body, but also power for your assignment. I remember meeting the, the keynote speaker at Awakening Australia for the business session, Ron Hicks, a, a well-to-do inventor. And I remember him telling me the success rate for inventions to be successful when they go to market is 0.03%. He's had three products go to market, all successful. I go, you are defying the odds. What is the key? He said, it's the anointing. It's the anointing. But also, it's being aware of eternity. He said to God, if you give me the success, wherever I go, whatever platform you give me, I promise I will talk about you. And so he finds himself at Google headquarters, San Francisco. He's there to give a talk about business and inventions and innovation. But he just can't help himself because he's got a promise to fulfill. The man, Ron, talks about Jesus. And in, in, if you've ever seen the movie, movie uh, I think Internship, Google headquarters, in Collins Street's very similar. I've been there in my previous uh, job doing a site tour, but it's like these level seating. It's like a mini church, modern lecture theatre. But Ron gives an altar call for the gospel, San Francisco, Google, and all hands go up to receive Jesus. Ron, a few months after, feels to go to Google Singapore. They just kind of fly him around. It was an optional meeting. Only two people arrived, a Vietnamese expat and, and this girl who's relatively new to the company. And he said, sure, if it's only for two people. He delivers the demons out of this Vietnamese girl. She receives Jesus, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaks in tongues. And then he says to the Singaporean girl, who's already a believer, and what do you need? She goes, I feel to enter the Miss Universe competition. But everyone says, I will never win. I've got no experience at all. And he said, if you do win, what are, we going to do? what are you going to do with that platform? She said, I will preach the good news. So he prays over her. He anoints her. A few months later, he gets an SMS and says, look, my, my, my shy husband is now with me on stage as I receive the crown for Miss Universe. And she's sent by Google to these third world nations feeding kids 
What does she do? She tells everyone about Jesus. So I sense the anointing tonight is going to heal anyone that's sick, anyone that's in bondage, anyone perhaps you can't break through in your thinking, like you're stuck in your ways, you want to do the will of God on your life, but you feel there is something holding you back, perhaps there's fear. Fear is the spirit. The Bible says, for you have not been given the spirit of fear, but the power Love and a sound mind. Sometimes it's unclean spirits parading as doubt, parading as worry and insecurity and fear, but we don't realize we've allowed it to come in through other means. So what I'd love to do, perhaps, team, if we can be here in the front, and um, I'd love to get the worship team up here as well. As we uh, sing to a song, what we're going to do is anoint everyone in the room for two main purposes, right? It's for your healing, your breakthrough, your protection, and then it's the anointing for your assignment. We can all do with a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, we see the Holy Spirit descend, and, and Joel's prophecy was fulfilled that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. And then in Acts 4, they prayed for a refilling of the Holy Spirit. And when they had prayed, in verse 31 says, the place where they were assembled together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled once again. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Sometimes we just need a fresh touch from Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So if you're part of the prayer team as well, you've got Lanyard, please uh, join us here in the front. But it's almost like like a little fire tunnel. But can I just encourage everyone tonight not to just be... Uh, spectators, uh, I sense the Lord wants to break off some fear, break off some things that has been holding you back, and, and probably release, I sense, a, a strong release of the anointing that's going to release you into your assignment. And then my question is, once you're in your assignment, once you're at the top of your game, what are you going to do with it? Is it for temporary purposes? Is it just for your own success here on earth? Or is it for eternal purposes and eternal rewards? Is it for others and their souls and their well-being? God will entrust you with a platform if he knows it's going to be used to glorify him. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.